Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Watershed Wellness Podcast. I'm Eric Gray, one of the owners of Watershed Wellness and also one of the Chinese medicine practitioners. Uh, this is another entry in the series I'm doing about the 12 organ systems of Chinese medicine. We started out with the triple burner organ system, and I will link to that show in the show notes. And I also will link to some general information about the organ systems, including a, a podcast that is sort of as an introduction to this series. I'm going to try to be a little bit less geeky and uh, a little bit briefer in this particular uh, show because last time I kind of went off. And part of that was because the triple burner is such an interesting organ system. It's it's really unusual. It's not attached to a biomedical organ system. And so I, I confess I get a little bit excited about it. And, you know, all the organ systems are exciting and interesting, but, but that one just uh, particularly provokes me to, to talk a lot. So, so this, this time we're going to try to keep it a little briefer. So this time we're talking about the gallbladder. So, so this word is much more familiar to most people. The, the gallbladder is, uh, in biomedicine, is a small organ that's uh, right underneath the liver. And as most of us know, it stores bile and it's, you know, most people know that it's involved in digestion in some way. The first thing we have to address right away is what if you don't have a gallbladder? So this comes up in my treatment room quite a bit. You know, I'll say, I'll tell somebody I'm going to treat, I'm going to use gallbladder 41 or, you know, I'll, I'll mention a specific acupuncture point or I'll talk about the gallbladder when I'm talking about a herbal formula and the person will say, I had my gallbladder removed. And the implication usually when somebody says that is that, you know, that the the thought is maybe I can't treat that because they don't have one. Um, but as I discussed in the intro and uh, the intro podcast, and as I've discussed elsewhere, when we're talking about organ systems in Chinese medicine, we're talking about something that includes, but is beyond the biomedical organ. So even though you may not have a gallbladder, the biomedical organ, maybe it was removed. Ultimately, you still you have a gallbladder channel, first of all, and you still have a gallbladder function in your body from the Chinese medicine perspective. And what that means, you know, we'll try to unpack here in this podcast. So, you know, gallbladder surgery is one of the most common procedures. I I wrote here on on the webpage for the for the gallbladder that over a million people have their gallbladder removed in the U.S. every year. So if you're one of those people, don't worry. We can still treat the gallbladder. We can still use the gallbladder channel. So what is the gallbladder channel? Uh, it's actually one of the longest channels in the body. And if you go to the, the webpage for the gallbladder, which will be linked in the show notes of this podcast, uh, you'll see that it starts at the outer corner of the eyes. So just go ahead and touch the outer corner of your eyes. And this this channel, uh, it kind of, it zigzags a lot. It, it has a lot of motion. A lot of the other channels just kind of go in a more or less straight line. And uh, this one doesn't do that. So it, it begins there at the outer corner of the eye. And if you, if you feel, if you go to the outer corner of your eye and you feel right to the edge, you'll feel there's a bone right there, that the edge of the orbit there. And if you pop just right over that, you'll feel kind of a little depression right there. And that uh, 
sometimes people call this their temple, um, although the temple is actually usually a little further back. Um, but that little tiny divot, that's the, the very first point on the gallbladder channel. So it starts there, and then it kind of goes up on the head, and it zigzags around the head and the ear quite a bit. There's a bunch of points up there, acupuncture points up there on the head that we actually don't use that often. Um, they're mostly used for headaches, as you might imagine. Um, so it, it, it travels there, and then it comes down the neck and right to the very top of the shoulder. So if, if you know the muscle names, uh, it's kind of there in the trapezius. Um, if you if you reach to the very tip top of your shoulder, kind of if you imagine looking at yourself in the mirror, the kind of topmost part of your of your shoulder muscle, um, or the muscles of your shoulder, the muscles that connect kind of your neck and your shoulder, you might also be able to find a divot there that's usually about two or three fingers worth, and that's just kind of a a little depression between two parts of the muscle there, and. Uh, that is a major gallbladder point that, that we use quite often, both for shoulder pain and for many other things. So that's, that's, uh, gallbladder 21. So then, uh, you, you, the gallbladder channel descends onto the ribs, basically, there to the kind of side of the, of the chest. And then it kind of zigzags again along the side. It goes over the waist. And then it eventually comes out uh, in the glute muscle. And again, it, you can find kind of where when people say I have sciatic pain and they point to their butts, that's kind of right where that gallbladder point is. So that's another real famous gallbladder point right there in the, in the meat of the glute. And it's called gallbladder 30. And it's often used for what, what do you know, sciatic pain. And then it descends down the side of the leg goes through the knee. Um, again, if you know, uh, anatomy, it kind of more or less travels around the IT band and then goes down to the side of the knee and then, uh, goes all the way down the side of the calf and then travels out the foot kind of between the fifth or pinky toe and the next toe over the fourth toe. And then it ends the last point of the gallbladder channel is on the lateral uh, side of the fourth toe right there next to the uh, toenail. So so that's the gallbladder channel. It's very long. It covers a lot of territory on the body and uh, it has 44 points on it. So, so that channel uh, can be, you know, obviously anytime we're talking about the acupuncture channel, one of the things that the acupuncture channel can treat is any pain or dysfunction along that, that course. So for some of the shorter channels, that's not very much territory. But with the gallbladder channel, that's a lot of territory. And in fact, the gallbladder channel is used quite a bit to treat musculoskeletal disorders, uh, you know, especially of the hip, as you would imagine, after I just described it, the knee, again, uh, sometimes the lateral foot, although I would say I don't use it that often, some ankle problems, for sure, we use the gallbladder channel for. Um, it can be used for rib side pain uh, and tightness, and it can also be used for all kinds of ear pain and headaches. So again, you know, whenever we're talking about an acupuncture channel, if you look at a picture of an acupuncture channel, you can imagine that you needling those points will probably treat pain and or dysfunction along that side. But the gallbladder channels is really uh, particularly frequently used for these types of, of disorders. Uh, so in the, in the last podcast, we talked about several symbolic categories associated with 
the triple burner. And we're going to do the same thing here for the gallbladder. And you'll see um, as we go, we're going to mostly repeat the types of symbolic information we're talking about. So it always behooves you uh, to go back to the earlier podcast. So like go back to the triple burner and the intro podcast to kind of get a little bit more information about some of these symbolic categories. But I will give little intros as well. And remember, what we're talking about here, uh, Chinese medicine, we, we look at the organ systems pretty differently from biomedicine. And these organ systems are kind of a broader network of structures, functions, and tissues. And uh, that the Chinese, the ancient Chinese, used a number of different symbolic categories to help us understand and ultimately treat those organ systems. So that's kind of what we're talking about here. So the one that most people know about, the symbolic category that most folks know about, is the five elements or the five phase elements. And last time when we talked about the triple burner, we talked about ministerial fire and fire in general. Uh, here with the gallbladder and then also the next organ system we'll talk about next month, the liver, It's the, the phase element associated with it is wood. So just think about wood for a second. So, and, and honestly, the, the word wood, I think for most of us, when we hear that word, we think of the stuff that's chopped up and that we put into a fireplace, um, or used to build stuff with. But I, I like to think of it more as the, the living item, right? So think about, uh, some people will, instead of saying wood, they'll call it flora, you know, to denote growing green things, right? So plants of all kinds. And I think that's that's a fine characterization, but I I whenever I think of wood in my mind I see a tree, okay? So, uh just to recap, the five phases are fire, earth, metal, water, and wood, okay? So, just think about wood, think about wood and especially trees and think about it in, you know, relationship to all those other uh words I just said, fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. So, what kind of characters might wood have that those others don't have? So uh, one of the things wood is associated with is spring. So think of spring, think of, you know, the early spring months when the, the plants first start to come up, that brilliant green color. So wood is also associated with the green color. Um, so, you know, think of new growing plants, especially if you're a person who has a garden or you grow, you know, plants of any kind. Just think of how um, vital and how green and how um, striking those those early spring plants are. Um, so that that's kind of wood energy. Um, wood is also associated with, uh, so each of the five phases is associated with an emotion and wood is uh, associated with anger. And anger, um, you know, can, it has a whole palette, right, of, of emotional, um, correlates. Like irritation is one that most of us have felt from time to time. Um, so, you know, anger, anger may not be something you resonate with. And I think a lot of us think of anger as a negative emotion. But you can also think about in all of the emotions, they have positive and negative aspects if we want to look at it that way. So anger on the one hand can make you, you know, strike out. It can make you, um, be irrationally, um, aggressive towards other people, but it can also help you to break free from oppressive circumstances. It can also help motivate you, you know, so anger can also be looked at as a type of motivation, right? And so, so there, there are healthy expressions of, of these emotions. And so that, that's associated with, with the gallbladder. Uh, 
the gallbladder is also so from a more physical standpoint uh wood sorry not the gallbladder but ultimately the gallbladder um wood is associated with the tendons um with the eyes um and with uh you know with obviously with certain aspects of digestive function uh so you know we'll talk more about wood and the gallbladder as we go uh, another one of these symbolic categories is known as the six confirmations. So we just had the five phases. Now we're going to talk about the six confirmations. And this one is actually the same as the triple burner. And I mentioned that in the triple burner podcast. So this is the Shao Yang or the small Yang. Uh, the six confirmations is a system of diagnosis that divides the 12 organ systems into six pairs, as you might imagine, because there's six of them. And uh, the Shaoyang is kind of, we always think of it as the in-between because these, the six confirmations are sometimes looked at as a series of layers that go from the most external part of the body to the most internal part of the body. So the most external part of the body is Tai Yang, and that's the bladder and small intestine, which we'll talk about another time. So that's the most outside, and the most inside is the Jue Yin, and that is the liver and the pericardium. So then there's all layers in between. So first we have Tai Yang, then we have Yang Ming, and then we have Shao Yang. So Shao Yang is kind of in the middle, right? So there's obviously kind of two in the middle since there's six, but the Shao Yang is kind of the external of the in-between, if you will. And so it has a lot of, uh, all both of the Shao Yang organ systems have this aspect of in-betweenness. So, and I think it's really interesting because the gallbladder kind of, uh, if we think of, the side of our body as in between the front and the back, if you will, the the gallbladder channel, of course, traverses that territory, right? Just like the triple burner, when we talked about that, it kind of went in between the two, uh, the two bones of the arm, and then also went up on the side of the head, right? So again, that side. So it, it's always uh, the both the Shaoyang uh, organ systems kind of rule that type of a territory. Uh, and and so this in-between nature comes up a lot when we think about the gallbladder. So, um, so yeah, so it, and one of the things that characterizes Shaoyang-type disorders, so when we treat Shaoyang organs, uh, organ systems, so the gallbladder and triple burner, uh, we're often treating intermittent symptoms, so things that come and go, right? So, for instance, a fever that alternates with chills, that's the most standard and most... Uh, famous aspect of this. So, you know, we've all had a cold or the flu where, you know, you, you're you burning up and you throw your covers off and then you're freezing cold or you're super, super hot, but your teeth are chattering. Um, that That's governed by Shaoyang largely. Uh, and then also things like a headache that comes and goes or emotional symptoms that are up and down, up and down, up and down. Um yeah, or even like just recently, I treated uh, a case of somebody who had, uh, they would get very, very hungry at times, and then they would drop to having no appetite whatsoever. So those kinds of things are, are ruled by Shaoyang. And therefore, so whenever we find something that we characterize as Shaoyang, then we know that both the gallbladder or the triple burner can can be used to treat that. And just like before, when we were just talking about wood, the wood organ systems, if we, if we come upon something that like the tendons that's associated with wood or anger that's associated with wood, either of the wood organ systems might be used. So the gallbladder or the liver. So, so again, you know, these symbolic categories, they're, they're very rich. You know, I'm, I'm giving a very simple 
telling of them uh, because we're talking, you know, I'm talking to a, g- a more general audience as opposed to Chinese medicine practitioners. But you can probably sense that there's a lot of depth in this material. And it's both showing us, it's teaching us about these organ systems so that we can understand them better. But ultimately, it's doing that so that we can treat them. So it, you know, it points both to the essential nature and physiology of these organ systems, but then also points to how we might treat and address them. Um, the next little category I want to talk about is uh, this text, the Huang Di Neijing, uh, which is the Yellow Emperor's classic, uh, inner classic, which is, as I mentioned before, the sort of the one of the most foundational texts in Chinese medicine. And it, it's a you know, big text, lots of, lots of different information in it. Uh, but one chapter, chapter eight, is where each organ system is, is talked about in turn. And the, they're generally referred to um, as sort of a, a function within a social system. So this is something that the, the ancient Chinese did a lot. They associated things with um, certain positions in a government or certain positions in society, and they used that kind of analogy to help people understand things. So that's what this chapter was all about. Um, and so in this chapter, it is said of the gallbladder, and this is a very interesting one. It says, the gallbladder is the official functioning as a rectifier. Decisions and judgments originate in it. Now, some of these, some of these chapter eight lines for the organ systems, they're really easy to talk about. And actually, the one I did with the triple burner that talked about the waterways, it was very interesting and it actually really opens up your understanding. And others are a little bit harder to understand. And I would say for me, this one is a little bit uh, more difficult to understand, but it is interesting, right? So as a Chinese medicine practitioner, I don't, and especially as somebody who takes these texts and this information really seriously, I can't just say, well, I don't really understand this, so I'm just going to toss it out. In fact, the ones I don't understand, I try to focus on even more and try to really deeply understand. So so this is interesting. What, what can it possibly mean? Well, one of the things um, that's good to understand is that in, in Chinese medicine, so when we talk about organs, even organs like the gallbladder, which again is is in biomedicine kind of just this, this little sack, you know, that more or less... Um, helps the liver do its job. Um, the 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 gallbladder has a much broader set of functions, and in fact, some of those functions um, can be emotional or personality based or mental. Right. So so when when in biomedicine in the West we think of like emotions as primarily contained in the brain. Right. Uh, we think we think of uh, emotions almost as mental activity. Right. And so we wouldn't think necessarily of emotions being associated with the gallbladder, although we do have a lot of sayings, right? Like he has a lot of gall, right? What does that mean? When I say, when I say that a person has a lot of gall, what does that mean? Right. And that does kind of relate a little bit to the Chinese medicine uh, concept. So, uh, so uh, when we talk, talk about the rectifier, what, what does that mean? What does rectification mean? Um, to rectify something is to correct it. Right to fix it, and we're so we're saying that it's the gallbladder is kind of a, a corrector. It's a it's something that that fixes something, um, and that decisions and judgments originate in it. So we uh, we can think of that fairly literally, although not really. Um, decision making actually is often in more traditional Chinese medicine associated with the gallbladder. So your ability to quickly make decisions. 
um, can be seen as a, a function of the gallbladder. And therefore, when somebody has a weak gallbladder, now this does not include having your gallbladder removed. You can have a very strong gallbladder function and have your gallbladder removed. In fact, I would say that in my practice, people who, I, I would say there's no relationship, that that people just as often have a strong gallbladder function um, from a Chinese medicine perspective as 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 they do, uh, as, as people, people with their gallbladder, people without their gallbladder have about the same uh, level of strength in their gallbladder function. Um, but anyway, the, the gallbladder is often, gallbladder weakness in particular in Chinese medicine is often associated with indecisiveness. And this is, um, this is not honestly something I use that often in my clinic, but it is something that's written about a lot in Chinese medicine and in Chinese medicine texts. So, so that is something. So we can think of this fairly literally and say the capacity to make decisions, the capacity to make judgments, the, the capacity to be a corrective force in the world, that that comes from the gallbladder. Um, so that's one way of looking at it. Um, and we can also be a little bit more metaphorical about this. And we can think about, you know, what, what, what does decision making mean in terms of the body, right? Like how, how can our bodies, like our internal functions be said to be making decisions? Um, so, you know, or to be rectifying. So, um, one of the ways that the gallbladder is looked at when we talk about chapter eight is as the field general. So the field general, uh, in this, in this, uh, way of understanding is the one who takes the instructions from the general, you know, and from those on high, um, who have looked at, you know, looked at all these broad factors, right? So the general or the admiral, you know, the people who are up higher, um, they look at, they look at an idealized set of circumstances and they make these big plans, you know, these big strategic plans. They say, okay, okay. We're going to do this, you know, this group of people is going to go over here and then this is going to happen. The field general is the one that takes that, those instructions, that information and makes it actionable. They're the ones with their boots on the ground who are looking at the world and saying like, okay, I know the general said that we needed to do this, but that's just not going to work. So we're going to do this, right? So that capacity in the body is what the gallbladder is, is, is the, 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 so the gallbladder basically, in, in, from this perspective is the one that is the organ system in the body that is kind of making adjustments. There's actually another organ system, the bladder that does this as well, but which is interesting, right? The bladder and gallbladder. But so the, the gallbladder is, is making minute by minute decisions on the ground, adjusting things within the body. So we can think of it as adjusting things in the endocrine system. We could think about it as adjusting and correcting things in the digestive system. So, so that's another way of looking at it, uh, which I think is interesting. So we could either look at it just from a more kind of plain perspective of decision making judgment, the capacity c- correct from a more uh, mental, emotional action in the world perspective, or we can look at it in this more kind of physiological way. Um, so now we're gonna we've come to the the organ clock. So this again is something that I talk about in the intro podcast, and then again in the triple burner. And just briefly, um, most most folks who have who have come come to a Chinese medicine appointment or have paid attention at all to Chinese medicine, looked it up on the internet, will have uh, heard about the organ clock or the Chinese medicine organ clock, um, which is you know it has lots of different names. Um, but this, this is just, again, another way of symbolically looking at the organ systems. It's divided into 12 sections. Each organ system gets a section. 
And then different kind of systems of 12 are put on top of it, different bits of information that are divided into 12s. And then those symbolic bits of information can be used to understand the organ system more deeply and also the interrelationships of the organ systems. So it creates this incredibly rich tapestry of information that Chinese medicine practitioners can use to uh, make a diagnosis and to render treatment. So uh, the organ clock uh, for the gallbladder uh, for the from the time-based parts um, goes from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. So it crosses midnight. So it's the very bottom. Uh, you'll see uh, an image of the clock on the, uh, especially there's a, a good image of it in the the intro lecture. So look at the show notes if you want to see this more. But just imagine this is a section that's all the way at the bottom of the clock, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. And so this is deep into the night. I mean, just think about this time. Just sit for a second and think about it. So anything that you can think of and know, especially... Um, we do have to remember that this information was put down thousands of years ago, um, you know, or at least well over a thousand years ago, depending on who you talk to. And so obviously electric lights were not a thing. Computers were not a thing. The internet was not a thing. Netflix binging was not a thing. So we have to think what's going on in nature from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on average. Okay. So it's dark. It's cold. Things are still. Mostly creatures are asleep, except for those creatures that are nocturnal, of course. Um, that said, you know, it is also when we get to like 1 a.m., we're starting to trend more towards morning, right? I mean, not really, but we're, we're get we're, we're head towards that. Um, and in fact, the, as we'll talk about here in a second, the young has sort of started to be born at this, at this point in the clock. So right when we cross the midnight line, sort of, um, the young is being born again. There's, you know, there's some active energy. Um, there's a lot of consequences for this. <clears throat> One very important consequence for us is most people will notice if they stay up till about 11 p.m. and especially like start trending towards 12, you kind of get a, a second wind. And this is assuming that your uh, circadian rhythm is pretty typical and more or less intact, <laughs> which is not true for all of us. But uh, around 11 p.m., you will often get a second wind. So going to bed before that during triple burner time is usually, especially in Chinese medicine, seen as you know the, the best thing to do. So, you know, that's a representation of this young energy being born. Another time-based piece uh, of information from the organ clock is that the gallbladder is associated, <clears throat> pardon me, is associated from mid-December to mid-January, approximately. So what, what's, and that's, I'm actually recording that, uh, recording this podcast during that time. We just passed solstice. And in fact, that is one of the things that the gallbladder is often associated with is the solstice. So what is the solstice all about? What is this time of year all about? Now we're talking Northern Hemisphere, of course. Um, so so just like I was saying, the yang was j is just being born. And that's what happens in sol at solstice. At solstice, it's the darkest, you know, the longest night. And there's, in fact, just been an ice storm here where I'm recording this. And, you know, it's, it's cold. Nobody's going out because the roads are all slick. It's freezing cold. It's wet. It's, it's going to be dark, you know, here not very long from now, even though it seems like it's been dark all day. Um, so, you know, it's, it's incredibly dark time, but we know something is true. 
we know that the light is going to start to come back, right? Every day from here on out, the days get longer. Now, of course, the weather prevents us from seeing this sometimes, but I think, you know, most of us by, let's say, a month from now, by by mid to late January, we really start to notice, oh, yeah, it is it is light quite a bit later, you know, which is great. And it, and it kind of buoys us, you know, and, that, and that's why there's all of these um, there's these celebrations, right? All, all over, all over the world, all different cultures in all different ways celebrate the return of the light in, in various ways. And that's because, you know, we're, we're mostly a sun and warmth worshiping species. We, we, we love that warmth. We need that warmth, especially those of us, uh, you know, who live in Northern climates that the return of that, sun or i guess far far southern but you know the northern climates we we need that sun to come back and many of us you know of course some folks experience seasonal depression and why that doesn't alleviate right after the solstice um we can take heart that that the sun is coming back so that energy is in the gallbladder so one of the things and you know this is this is something that's a little bit less common in you know among most chinese medicine practitioners but you can use the gallbladder and the energy here in this solstice uh, symbol to treat things like depression so like when the sun is not being born basically when the when the young is not able to externalize um, and the person is kind of mired in the darkness and cold of that longest night um, then sometimes working with the gallbladder can help so, um, and that, that doesn't necessarily just have to be a mental emotional. It can also be energetic. So, um, when a person like, for instance, really intense examples of chronic fatigue syndrome and people who just have no energy, um, there's lots of other ways we treat that, but this is one of those kind of, um, unusual ways to treat it that come from the organ clock that I've found to be really helpful in, in recalcitrant cases of chronic fatigue. So, you know, that's, we're just, what we're doing is we're working with, um, we're working with the, the solstice energy that's in the gallbladder. So, so another thing about the organ clock. So again, imagine a clock and just trust me, if you're not looking at the image, the gallbladder is at the bottom of the clock. So every, every, spot on the clock has a spot opposite it, right? So if we're thinking about just a regular clock, if, you know, the six, six and 12 are across, right, from each other. So the organ clock at the bottom, we've got the gallbladder. And on the other side, on the, on the top, very top of the clock is the heart. So this is very interesting. So when, when we have, and these are called clock pairs. So every, every organ has a, a clock pair. And those clock pair, there's lots of different things that are said about it, but the most important and the one that I find to be the most useful in clinic is that it's almost like one is at high tide when the other's at low tide and vice versa, right? So at, at 11 to one or at solst- uh, winter solstice, the gallbladder is at, at its strongest. Its energy is the, is the most flourishing. Um, the world looks like it, right? So it's strong. And at that very time, the, the, one across the clock is at its weakest. So for instance, uh, we can sometimes use uh, one one side of the clock to, to treat the other. Um, but more importantly, there's just kind of something we can learn about the, the pairing. So, so the heart is the emperor or the empress of the organ system. So if you know anything about Chinese medicine, you'll know they talk about the heart a lot. It's talked about all the time. I mean, and of course, remember, we're talking about ancient China, 
uh, way, way back when, you know, the kind of monarch or dictator kind of energy was very strong, right? And and that monarch was everything, right? The, the monarch, from the monarch, everything came. And so talking about the emperor, calling the heart the emperor tells us that the heart is the most important thing in the body. And that makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, if your heart starts beating, it doesn't matter what your gallbladder is doing, right? If your gallbladder st- stops doing its function, the, you know, eventually it can affect the heart. But but vice versa is very true, right? If the heart is gone, pretty much all the other organ systems are not doing so well. So it makes sense that we exalt the heart. But it's important to understand that the heart isn't just about the ticker in your chest that pumps blood around. Um, again, organ systems are more than that. And in Chinese medicine in particular, the heart is associated with the mind and, and to some extent the emotions, although we'll talk about that, um, and, and the spirit. So it's actually said that kind of the heart is the, is the home of the, of the spirit. And, you know, even if you're not a person who believes in souls or spirits or, or, or whatever, um, we can just say kind of the, the, the animating force that is you. Your you-ness, your, your, your uh, wh- who are you? What are you, right? Um, that, that is contained in the heart. Um, and then also the, just the mental function. So consciousness um, is located in the heart uh, in, in, on this model. And so the gallbladder is somehow uh, related to that. And, you know, we just did talk about um, how the, the gallbladder is associated with decision-making and associated with this kind of capacity um, to rectify. And so that kind of, you know, that's an interesting little pairing, right? That it's kind of, um, from the heart that kind of the consciousness and, um, the mental activity comes. And then the ability to, to utilize that and make decisions with it uh, is housed in the clock pair. Uh, so that's, that's kind of interesting. And even though the gallbladder seems like a very humble organ system, uh, when, when we compare it to the heart, um, there, there's apparently some, some connection. And I, and I do think that when, uh, when I have, for instance, been treating a patient, um, for some kind of, um, cognitive issue. And, and so you can treat cognitive issues using the heart organ system. Um, so for instance, let's say even something really simple like brain fog. So brain fog can have diverse, diverse places that it comes from. Um, but one, one place that it can come from is actually from kind of an obscuring of the, of the heart organ system. And you can treat the heart directly. Um, and sometimes that will help, but I've actually found more utility in treating the gallbladder as a way to kind of clear away space, um, for the heart to really manifest itself. So this is getting a little heady and I'm sorry about that, but the point to understand is twofold here. One is just to understand this concept of the clock pairs so that if we're thinking about the organ clock that we can talk about, um, we can talk about these, this clock pair as, as being something both to understand the organ systems, both of the organ systems and also, uh, to use it in treatment. So, Pretty, pretty interesting. So, so overall, um, you know, I've already talked about many things that we can think of with the gallbladder and, and how it might treat uh, different types of pathology. But I, I kind of want to summarize a few of the most common because a lot of that stuff about the organ systems and this more symbolic information, um, if you are a person who's a patient or a member of the public, uh, you may not understand that that stuff is actually not as commonly talked about in the sort of average Chinese medicine uh, professionals 
uh, world. So it, it is talked about and everybody kind of knows this stuff to some extent, but not everybody really pays close attention to it. So that's kind of a deeper cut, if you will. But but it does, you know, it, it all relates. And especially the stuff when we talked about Wood and Shaoyang, that's all well known. Um, but I will say the gallbladder is is a funny organ system in that uh, it's it's used a little bit less often. People don't talk so much about uh, diagnoses related to the gallbladder. So so it's just it's used a little bit less commonly in clinic. I, however, use it all the time. So I would say that the top three things that we use, uh, gallbladder acupuncture points and gallbladder-related uh, formulas and herbs, the mo- there's three main things. One is musculoskeletal problems especially those that are involving tendons or those that are uh, about kind of a tightness or a tetany. And then, of course, any musculoskeletal problems that are along that gallbladder channel, as I already discussed. Uh, Hip and knee and ankle problems in particular. Um, And then number two is headaches, which, again, I did talk about, um, but especially temporal headaches, so headaches that are kind of in that area of gallbladder one that we talked about at the beginning of this, and then also migraines. And then any headache that involves digestive symptoms with it, which is mostly migraines where people will have nausea um, with with their headache, but also uh, some people will have headaches and then have other types of digestive symptoms, including just suppressed appetite, but can also be like even diarrhea if they have a really severe headache and it doesn't have to be a, a migraine type. Um, so if you're a person who has a, a headache with digestive symptoms, you'll know what I mean. And then number three, uh, mental emotional conditions that do involve kind of an indecisiveness um, or great irritability and anger. Um, and then especially uh, emotional problems that ex- involve a lot of emotional volatility. Um, so that can be something like PMS. So where there's kind of like really outsized emotions, uh, especially compared to a person's baseline. Um, but it can also just be a tendency to volatility Um you know, especially, honestly, we also use the gallbladder quite a bit to treat um, drug and alcohol addiction and especially the second, the things that come from that. So that's, you know, that can be characterized by a lot of volatility, right? Like people have big highs and then big lows. Um, so the gallbladder can be uh, used to treat that. So I hope this has been helpful. This is a, a little bit shorter and a little bit uh, more focused than the than the triple burner one. Uh, but if you have any questions, you can just go to watershedwellnesspodcast.com and there's a form there that you can submit your questions. Or at any point, you can just email me if, you, if you're a patient of mine and ask more questions. And if there are a lot of questions about any of these organ systems or even just one, I uh, will have another podcast. I'll record another podcast to answer those questions. Um, and if you want, if any of this, you know, if I didn't explain things very well, um, or if you just want to know more, then again, go to the show notes in your podcast app, uh, or again, go to watershedwellnesspodcast.com and you can just click the link for this podcast and that will take you to the show notes and you, you can learn more about it because I've created a whole web page that's just about the gallbladder, which connects to a bunch of other pages uh, to teach you more information about this. And again, my hope with this series is partly just out of interest. I a lot of patients have asked me, you know, have wanted to learn more about this stuff, and so it's it's partly just for fun. Uh, but also it's, it's to help you, you know, maybe you heard something that has the ring of truth. And while you don't want to go into your practitioner and say, Eric said, this is a gallbladder problem. So I want you to treat the gallbladder. It may help you to understand if your practitioner has been talking about the gallbladder a lot, why they might be doing that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, but it's also maybe helpful for you in treatment. So I hope you've enjoyed it and I will look forward to talking to you about the liver next. Mm -hmm.